I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, with me today is my good friend, Kelly Barra. Kelly, what is up? Well, Andrew, I slept three hours. I had just the worst lunch of my life, <laughs> uh, like a Red Bull. Uh, and, uh, you know, those little packages of ginger, coconuts, almonds, stuff like that, like student mix. Or, yeah, 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 trail mix. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, I'll probably answer in a very weird way today because um, <laughs> my body will not respond well enough. <laughs> But we had the best game of the season. Oh, my god! I was goodness. so pumped at the end of it. It was so exciting. Yeah, 118 to 112. Like, part of you was, like, part of me was nervous at the end because the Thunder were letting it slip. But then it allowed for the moment of the season for the Thunder. One, just this massive dunk from Paul George on Giannis. Just yeah, yammed on him, and then the three, where he's just patiently sitting there, waits for the double team to go, and then he just nails one right in the face of Malcolm Brogdon to basically put the game out of reach. It was unbelievable. Like that, that was just like I'm running around my house holding my baby, just like cannot believe this is happening right now. I couldn't do that because it was like two, two, two thirty. Say my place. Oh, so yeah. I couldn't really, I couldn't really run. <laughs> right. uh, otherwise, like I would probably be without a wife or without pa- part of me, right. uh, parts of you. Anyway, um, I had the same feelings. I mean, those two baskets were the season of Paul George. Mm-hmm. Like he has been when he has it, like like mo- he mostly had it during the season. He's spectacular. He's really KD-like. Like, I know that KD is a better player, and but this level of dominance on the court is impressive. Like, he had no doubts of, like, making that shot. None. You can see that because yeah. he was waiting, and he was sure the ball was going in. Yep. It, is, it is probably, <clears throat> like, something that, like, only few players have in their careers th- those moments where you know that the ball goes in, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was great to watch. Yeah, he was great. He was twelve of twenty one from the field, eight of twelve from three. <laughs> he had thirty six points. Nuts. That is so nuts. Uh, Thirteen boards, three assists, three steals. Uh, he was fantastic. Really, the whole starting lineup I thought was really good. Uh, outside of Russell Westbrook shooting, everything was yeah. was really good. I mean, Grant was amazing, and for, like, and I talked about this on Thunder After Dark, but the game plan that was put in place, and I know that Paul George is going to get a lot of praise today. I think Jeremy will get a lot of praise. Ferguson, uh, Noel, Schroeder, like I think all those guys will get a lot of praise today. 
I think it starts with Billy Donovan. Like, oh, yeah. like make no mistake about it. The game plan that was instituted came from Billy Donovan and it worked. And I think that people are going to be watching the film of what, what did the Thunder do? Like, how did they shut down Giannis? Because Giannis, for the first time in three years, didn't score a basket in the first half, which is just pretty crazy. And it's because yeah. of the game plan. Obviously, the Thunder have the personnel. I mean, having a Jeremy Grant, like not everybody has a Jeremy Grant type of player on their team. Uh, but he did a good job. Uh, I thought the defense as a whole was amazing throughout the game. There was obviously some lapses here and there, but for the most part, uh, this, is the, <coughs> this is the Thunder defense. <laughs> yeah, talk, talk about Russell. Talk about talk about his game. Yeah, first, uh, one comment on, on, on Grant, because uh, for the first time in my life, I, I disagreed with something that um, Doris Burke said during the telecast. And she said, after the second three that Yanis uh, made, mm-hmm. she said, maybe Grant needs to adjust. Oh, birds. Okay, I'm outside. So, <laughs> like, you will probably hear birds, bells, as always. Um, <laughs> and she said, probably Grant needs to adjust. And he didn't. Yeah. And I thought that was the best uh, of of his game in defensively, he oh. didn't react to the to the game. He stick to the plan. He was always giving Yanis some space in order to contain his, pen, his dribble penetration, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really mature from him uh, from a defensive point of view. And if you if you remember how lost Jeremy was at the beginning of last season, yeah. I remember the, the, the it was probably the third game of the season against Utah, where he was jumping over the place, closing up on Rubio instead of uh, containing him. Mm-hmm. Like, he he has improved so much. And it's almost unbelievable to see him and, and Terrence being great players uh, just one year after they were okay or bad, depending on which part of the season you are watching. And Russell Westbrook. So, I, I thought his passing was amazing. Uh, he made a few passes that were unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. like the one uh, left hand to Terrence Ferguson, who was cutting back door uh, towards the basket. A few looks for Paul George that were perfect. Um, Shooting-wise, he was clearly off. But the, the part of his game that I think Russ should be held accountable for from the media is how he takes uh, times off defensively mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, there was a moment in the game, I think OKC was plus 16, and Middleton was just dribbling the ball down uh, down the court, and Russ just was standing, I I would say, like five to six feet um, from him without staying close to him, and just, he just had all the time in the world to take an open three-point shot from Chris Middleton, (laughs) who is probably the best shooter of the Bucks, and you know that. And, like, next thing you know is uh, there is a ballet dancer who is hitting another one, and Middleton <laughs> hits again. And it's totally different game. Mm-hmm. And, in the, like, in between, there is a bad Russ three-point three point shot in the, on the offensive side. But I am not as mad of those shots because he is Russell Westbrook, and he needs to take shots in order to keep the defense honest. Yeah. But... The way he sometimes defends against top teams and against bad teams is concerning. And concerning because, like, sometimes the shot is not uh, really dependent on on your will. 
you you cannot will a basket to go in uh, except if you are like probably step or harden or pg this season uh, but you can will yourself in playing reliable defense sure and i think that this is what separates what can separate okc from a deep playoff run to uh, a ma- like a playoff run where I don't know. They they don't perform as well as they can, and I totally think that this is possible. I mean, I'm not saying Russ will never be a reliable defender. I'm just saying he can be and he should be more often. Mm-hmm. And it's probably it's it's kind of good that he's the catalyst for that run in a way because they're going to watch that on film and they're going to say, yeah. look, this is this is where it happened. This is where things slipped." Because they could have won that game, you know, they could have blown out the Bucks. Like that could have happened. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But they hit. I think they hit four threes in a row. Uh, yeah. To bring it with sounds right within like seven, like six or seven, and that's yeah. and that. And then the game was just close until the end, and you know it did. It did allow. Maybe Russell was just trying to allow for some Paul George moments there at the end, um, <laughs> but it was. Overall, just an incredible win for the team that has the best record in the NBA. They don't lost yeah. twelve games. They were thirty-five yeah. and twelve coming into the game. I mean, that's an incredible record. Uh, and for the Thunder to beat them, I think is it's a huge statement. It's on national TV. I think a lot of people uh, started to notice how good Paul George is. This is we're watching peak Paul George. This is yeah. He is in his absolute prime. He has no more fluid on his elbow. Uh, he's <laughs> playing super well. Like he's no numb feet. Right. Yeah. For some reason, either one. I don't remember which one. Which one of the two was? But <laughs> right. uh, but he was great. Uh, another incredible performance from Terrence Ferguson. I mean, the oh, yeah. dude is so good. He's gotten so good. He's so confident, and he's hitting threes. Like he's, you know, when you throw the ball to him. He's going to make a three. Like he's. Oh, yeah. That, that wide open one that he had in the corner. You just can't leave him anymore. And I think teams are just so used to defending uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder through the years that they just leave him. And people are going to pay for that. He had 15 points on 10 shots. Uh, he hit a deep two. He scored around the rim. I thought that he had an incredible game. Yeah. And the, the best of it is. I don't. I don't know if the shooting uh, percentage will hold for the rest of the season because no one can really say if yeah. they will. But the way he's approaching the game has been the same over the last two months. Yeah. He's just taking them, mm-hmm. which is important. Um, and the, the best part is he is enjoying playing with those guys yeah. you can see that that they are looking for him and he's taking pride of being the guy who scores and like it's such a transformation of of the Terrence Ferguson as a player and probably as a man mm-hmm. he's really different I mean at the beginning of this season do you remember his face well you probably remember because you were there yeah. against Sacramento oh he was a, he was destroyed like he had no faith in anything probably basketball wise and and they they turn his season, but they, I mean, uh, his, his teammates, the coaching staff, Russell Westbrook probably has a big, like when, when you, when you hear about Russell Westbrook being a selfish player who doesn't make teammates better, those are the, like guys like Terrence Ferguson are 
the reason why Russell Westbrook could be and is, for the most part, a great leader. Yeah. Because he he believes in him. He he passed the ball to him much more compared to what he does with uh, with Schroeder or with Patterson, which are veterans in his league. Yeah. But he believes in in, in, in in Terrence. And this again, I think that everyone in this team trusts him. And and this is really beautiful to watch. The combination between him and Jeremy Grant that sometimes they, they swing the ball to each other. Um, Grant did, did it once on a very good pass from the inside to the three-point line. Terrence did, uh, did another one uh, when he was open for a three and swing it to the corner. Uh, Grant could penetrate and then finish at the, ba- the basket. I mean, their chemistry is something that is very important for this team as well. And it's changed the Thunder offense. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, you look at Terrence's shooting totals uh, as the season goes along. So he's taken 71 threes this month. He's made 34. That's, oh, is that Bells? Bell, yes. yes. Uh, 49.5% on the month. Oh, yeah. That's, that's insane. Which is <laughs> just, just crazy. The, 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 like these, I, or no, I he, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, 47.9. I was looking at his total field goal percentage. But that's crazy, too, that from from everywhere he's almost 50 percent um but 71 trees in a month yeah like that's that's insane that's like like you can trust a player to go like 45 percent over a month but for him to take like 71 trees Mm -hmm. that's again that's the best news of okc's january i think yeah and it's it's the reason why their offense has been so much better and why they're up to 16th in offensive rating right now. Yeah. And they've been a top 10 offense in the month of January. And it's because Terrence Ferguson can hit a three and it opens up so much because the month, the two months prior in December, uh, November, December, he took 30 in each month. Yeah. I've... I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's... and he, he's taken more than double the amount of threes and it's in in 14 games in December, he took 33s. And in 13 games in January, he's taken 71. I mean, that's such yeah. a huge change. They're looking for him. They want him to have the ball. Uh, and his confidence is way up there. He's cutting. It's not just him spotting up. I mean, if this was just him spotting up, I would say, well, you know, there's teams are going to adjust to this. But he's doing a lot yeah. of things. He's cutting. Yeah. He's moving. He's... And, and he is spotting up still, and he's been truly effective. And to me, the assists from Russell are awesome. The assists from Paul are great. But w- what really changes the dynamic of this offense is when Jeremy Grant can put the ball on the floor, drive to the basket, and then find an open Terrence Ferguson on the other side. When you have the two players that are like the non-stars of the team making plays for one another, that is so huge. I just don't know the Thunder have ever really had that. I mean, I don't remember a yeah, lot. Yeah, maybe when when they had Kmart and yeah, when Harden was here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are taking the two, probably as a comparison the best two version of OKC. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's a good thing to have. And to be honest with you, another aspect of, of this is what happens next season. Like OKC can hold on to this three score. Uh, the starting five could be very well the same next season. And there will be a point 
where Russell Westbrook will understand. I, I think he already does because the the, sh- the shooting amounts, um, like the total number of shots, is kind of in, on his way down uh, compared to other seasons. He will realize that switching the ball to, to Terrence in the corner more often and trying to find Jeremy and trying to, to, to serve Steven will be more profitable in terms of results. Mm-hmm. And he will have much more space to operate yeah. uh, when those guys are hitting shots. And I wonder if this, uh, in a season, like by the end of this season and or the beginning of the next one, will be a new version, like a full new version of Russell Westbrook where he doesn't have to take a load offensively. He can just be the best um initiator of the offense while letting other guys closing for him because like this team has the potential to be a more balanced offense over the last five games i think the the attempts of the starters are much more uh say aligned there is no just ross and pg and everyone else is below like 10 shots per game i think this is where billy donovan wants to go and to have that in a game against the best team in the East and the best team in the NBA, mm-hmm. it's so important. Oh, it's incredibly important. Yeah, such it. It was a huge win, and I and Russell, like to his credit, his usage rate was twenty seven percent yesterday in the game. So he's mm-hmm. he's not like trying to dominate the ball, and he allowed Paul to do what he did down the stretch. You know, a lot of people there's n- still just these narratives roaming around the NBA on Twitter about Russell Westbrook, you know, not making teammates better, being a ball hog. I mean, the truth is, if you've watched Russell this season, he has changed his game. And he's adapting, and he wants the team to win, and he wants the team to get better. And he sees that he has got to take a little bit of a backseat, and he's going to give the ball uh, to teammates. He's going to rebound. His defense has been better. He's probably defended. This is probably the best regular season defense that we've seen from him, although he still has lapses. It's not. I mean, the lapses you were talking about two years ago, that was the whole game. Oh, yeah. He was just standing uh, under the basket waiting for a corner three to happen to a bad player, hoping that the rebound like was for him which was which made sense because of how like OKC was working uh, in a transition offense compared to a uh, to a half court offense Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I mean and and to be honest like after that moment uh, that three trees uh, that basically cut the game um, like from the big lead of OKC to a to a close game he was better like there was a, this uh, video that Oringer uh, is that the right mm-hmm. pronunciation of his name? Uh, he tweeted about it, uh, and I know that you talked about it in um, on Dream Team um, Thunder After Dark, where OKC rotated perfectly. Like they were one step ahead of every pass that Milwaukee was was about to do, and that was Russ being quick to his men and he rotated it perfectly and that was like was so beautiful to watch and again when Russ defends like that this team is the best defensive team in the league yeah. and there's no chance that anyone else can defend at this level because of youth because of athleticism um, even even Toronto can cannot defend the way they do I think and Milwaukee was pretty close Milwaukee was to be honest Milwaukee played a, a good game 
mm-hmm. like and it's not like OKC won because Milwaukee played bad. They right. they really they really played their best. Maybe they missed a few shots, like instead of shooting forty percent, they shoot thirty eight point nine. Yeah. But for the rest, I mean, it was impressive. Yeah, and the Thunder have turned around their three point shooting too. I mean, yeah. they shot fifty percent yesterday, and obviously we shouldn't expect that. But uh, you just look at the guys who took and made the shots. Paul George eight of twelve. Jeremy Grant yeah. made one. Westbrook was two of five. Terrence Ferguson, three of five. Schroeder, two of four. Nader was 0 of one. Patterson was 0 of one. Like, those are the guys you want taking the shots. I know people are like, well, I don't want Russell taking shots. I'm sorry. He's going to take them. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Just accept that. Everybody else, you, know, you want to get a shot for Patterson. You want Nader to get some open threes. You want Schroeder's got to take threes if he's going to be effective. And he was yeah. yesterday. And so that's that's the thing with three-point shooting is that you just want the right guys taking them. And the volume came from Paul George, Westbrook, and Ferguson. And that's that on, on a nightly basis, if that's what you're getting. And Russell took good threes. It's not like Russell, all of Russell's were just these bad pull-up threes. Like He took some nice no, no. spot-up threes, uh, which are shots that he has to make. Yeah, uh, and he has to take. Yes. Like, I think that those pull-up threes, especially when he is uh, on the floor with, with Dennis, I think that he has, both both of those guys have to take those threes um, when they when they can. Yeah. Like, in rhythm, spot-up shooting. This is, you should, as an NBA player, you should take those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh for whatever reason, there's these narratives going around that the Thunder are just better with Russell off the court. There was a, a Boston writer just tweeting about Russell during the game yesterday. It's just weird. Like, oh, Thunder on national stage just kicking the the Bucks butt. And, oh, let's go ahead and try to put a spotlight on how bad Russell Westbrook is. <laughs> it's just... It's, yeah, it, it's... It's insane. Bad. It's insane. I mean, like, it's... Why? Why do we want to go there? Um, I mean, yeah. it's true that Russ, compared to other seasons, again he's shooting awfully, mm-hmm. and still when he's in the court by himself, the, the problem of OKC's unit and last night there was a problem of the of this um, of this kind is that when Paul George is not on the court and Russ and Dennis are, OKC is not playing well. Yeah. Um, the number of possession is not big enough. Like it's 300 possessions, so <clears throat> not many of them. And when Russ is by himself, so no shooter, no PG, the net rating is still plus five, which is like okay. I mean, it's it's not a great season. It's not um, like 2016 uh, Russell Westbrook when when he was by himself was like plus eleven. Paul George is is a that figure um, for this season, mm-hmm. but the point is that again, Russ and Dennis by themselves they don't work. Yeah, uh, the the net rating is is negative, and uh, it's not that those lineups are widely used, um, but I mean there is something to be done there because for some reason, well, for obvious reason, those lineups are too exposed defensively and offensively. They they miss something. Um, again, I, I would not underestimate the fact that the second unit had a balance with Abrinas, that Frost plays so well with a reliable shooter like Abrinas, and not having him, like, it's, it's, 
it's not the main reason, but it is a reason to take into account. Um, and also, like when you play with Schroeder and Nader on the court, your defense will suffer. Yeah. I know that last night Nader was good, good enough, but the net rating with Nader and Schroeder on the court is like 100. Like the defensive rating is 128. Yeah. So it's it's like the worst possible defense in the NBA by far. And so, I mean, there's a lot of reasons and number that you should look at and not just saying uh, first, like, like it's it's partial information and it's it's not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I mean, it lacks of perspective. You cannot like put everything in one in one basket because, for example, no. Paul George doesn't play with Nader almost like he plays like very few Never. minutes. And right. it's and Nader I mean, probably won't play in the playoffs. No, no, he probably won't. Um, especially if if Trey comes back, because Mike, which is according to Billy Donovan, not uh, uh, not in the near future. Yeah, but who? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's done for the season. I have this feeling, and um, he could be. He could be. I just, I, I'm not. I mean, it's still January. It'd be yeah, February yeah, this right. week, but I mean, like, we're still. I, I still just don't know. I'm not. I'm not ready to call it. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll he see. tweeted something last night as well, like something on my way back or yeah, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he's returning at some point. But I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with Dre. Uh, I mean, here's the truth: is like the top three lineups with Russell Westbrook plus twelve point five, plus ten point one, plus nine point three. I mean, like those. This really is very nice. bad, Andrew. Why not plus twenty? <laughs> like we won twenty <laughs> round numbers. I mean, it's <clears throat> and I, I I don't know. What really matters to me is that starting lineup and that Billy's using it. Obviously, he's starting them, but he's also finished. That's how he's finishing games too. Yeah, and he's probably using the data. He's using the fact that this team has been really, really good uh, with Terrence Ferguson in there instead. Because there's nobody to target. I mean, they will target Schroeder yep. over and over again if he's in there at the yeah. end of games. And with that starting lineup, there's nobody that you can target. If you're going to try to target Russell Westbrook one-on-one, good luck. Because the dude can defend one-on-one when he wants to. Uh, obviously, yeah. Paul George, Jimmy Grant, Stephen Adams. Like you just, I guess really it's Stephen at that point if you have a good perimeter player. And that doesn't always work out. I mean, Steven, last time that teams tried to target him in the postseason a couple of years ago, I mean, he was blocking Steph Curry's shot. I mean, this yeah. is a really, really solid defensive team. And when you do get Dre back, I mean, if Steven's being targeted and they're cooking him, you can sit him down. You slide Jeremy Grant down to the five and you put uh, Dre in there at the four. I mean, then yeah. like, what do you do? I mean this. Yeah, or you this, can put you can put Nerls and try Nerls. Y- yesterday, yeah. he yeah, was we haven't great. talked about him yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was switching on smaller guys, and he held his own yep. while being while sending back two of. Uh, I think it was two, uh, two times that he block Yanis. Yeah, twice. Yeah, and the, like um, one was half. Terrence Ferguson credit 
because he really held his position and allowed the help defense to come, Mm -hmm. which is something that is so underrated in terms of team defense. I remember when uh, OKC had Serge and Perk, and like Serge was taking all the credit because of those blocks, which are great and necessary, but like Perk was the one who basically was uh, channeling those guys towards uh, Serge. Mm-hmm. And that part of the defense, of the initial defense, is so crucial. Yeah. Uh, because the, the shot blocker needs time to, to go there and help at the right time. And if you, do, like, if you, if you hold the, your own one second less, it's, it's a basket. Yeah. Because the, the help defender has no time to get there. Yeah. Sorry. I nerd out a lot. No, Sorry. no, it's great. Uh, anything else from the game? I, it's just the best win of the season for the Thunder just because it was from they they beat the team that has the best record in the NBA that's been who was playing good basketball yeah playing great basketball and they were it's not like I mean when they played the Spurs the Spurs were like on a back to back and and what this team was well rested first game of road trip this is a this is a really really good win for the Thunder and for it to be on national TV I mean, that that it stuff helps. matters. It helps. It matters yeah. with the the narrative uh, that you're going to hear today uh, when you turn on Sports Center or turn on whatever, listen to whatever other podcast. I mean, it it matters that it happened on national TV. Yep. Uh, okay. There's a lot going on. We have a lot to get through. Uh, so Kevin Durant recently told ESPN that he is going to return to Oklahoma City for. Uh, the induction or not induction when they retire Nick Collison's jersey and raise it into the rafters he wanted to be present and it's funny they the Warriors have a game before the day before that game I think it's March 20th and then they have a game the day after but he's going to make the trip uh, to OKC and uh, how do you how do you feel about this McKelly? I to be honest I think it's it's good that KD is doing that I I like that being like I think that Kevin Durant and Nick Collison are still very connected and they were even uh, after what happened in 2016 um, or 15 I don't remember um, so I I really think that too it's important uh, that KD is here because Nick shared a huge part of his career with Kevin and Kevin shared a huge part of his career uh, with the Sonics and the Thunder and so for those moments you can really put aside all all of like all the other things it's, it's not uh, about Kevin it's about Nick yeah. and I think that Nick's, Nick Nick is glad that Kevin makes the trip even if his team will play the next day and it's meaningful and it's meaningful that OKC obviously open uh, is the worst to to Kevin for for that for that moment. Uh, does that mean anything else? But being present for for Nick, I don't think so. But surely, uh, like acting in a different way, like not coming to OKC uh, on Kevin parts or saying, "Well, we don't want, we don't really want him here," uh, would have been like so bad. So I think that both parts behaved themselves very well for this. Yeah, it's it's fine. Let's come back fine. I don't know. I, I'm Are you not, mad? Are not you? too enthused with it. 
<laughs> I, here's what I'm not enthused with. I don't like the quote. I think the quote is is not is is weird. It's about time for us to let go of all the extra stuff and just come together. Yeah, all right, dude. Like, where did all the extra stuff come from? Like, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean that. Okay, I'm just everybody's like, oh, that's a very mature response, Governor. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like it's. I, I know, I know that it sounds. Bad. It's just an, it's, it's just it's, a classic Kevin Durant. I'm really com- he's completely unaware of the situation at hand and what it really looked like. And I don't know. It's this is all just kind of BS. But like that that's the only thing that's under my skin. I don't care. I think it's probably it is a good thing that he that he came back. Um, but he hasn't. I I don't. I also just don't understand the big spectacle of, hey, Woj, will you we'll put out a little piece that says that I'm going to come back? Like, okay, like, wh- like why? Just, just show Be- up. Because he wants that. Yeah, he does he's, want it. He's, he wants- he's a kind of a diva in that sense. Yeah. And probably there are guys that in order to admit something that they did, they need to say that also the other part did something. Yeah. So, so it's... It's, I don't know, it's psychology, I don't know. Uh, I'm not an expert of that, of course. Uh, but it's fine. I mean, it's, 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 it's his persona. It's, it's KD. Uh, yeah. and, it's and just a big media play for people to, like, praise him. Because he's the one that said it's time for us to let go of all the extra stuff. Oh, no, no, that, that's, 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 that's bullshit. I mean, he, he said that be, just, I don't know, just, just to show off that he, he, he's open to it. He said, of course you are. Yeah, <laughs> clearly, and um, like the front office didn't do anything, and right. Nick didn't do anything to you. So of course you're open to those yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you said like, well, I'm, I want to come there and also find a way to talk with Russ to try to to figure it out. That 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 would have been different. And he didn't yeah. say that. So yeah, but let's take the good uh, out of it and forget about everything else. Yeah. All I had to say was, I, I don't su- want to be miffed. I want to support Nick Collison. That's all he has to say. Yeah, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to tell everybody else to let go of things that you created. <laughs> like, sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> don't have to do that. Uh, another interesting thing from this like miniature article that was released. Uh, I'll go ahead and read it. For those thinking that this could be Durant's way of starting a pathway back to the Thunder in free agency this summer, think again. There's no interest on either side for a reconciliation. Both Thunder, both Durant and Thunder have moved on with OKC reshaping a new contender around Russell Westbrook and Paul George. The San Antonio Spurs have no interest in trading Kawhi Leonard. July uh, 18, probably 2018. <laughs> I don't... It's... It's... I don't know. Maybe today they haven't. Uh, like they, it's not the first step because you cannot take first steps uh, during the season because it's tempering and it's a nice way. Nice way to say we're back at square one. Mm-hmm. We moved on uh, because moving on means that you don't hold anything to to the other, and it's the perfect occasion to to actually build something else. So. I don't. I don't read anything into those lines because you cannot do that. Right. What if? What if like Golden State loses to OKC <laughs> uh, in a in a or loses to the Rockets in a in a weird fashion and 
and maybe they they fight in the in the locker room and no one wants to come there and OKC has a way to to make it happen come on OKC with, with KD will be the best team in the league by far yeah so uh, why well and he wants to play in the best team in the league apparently so yeah here's the <laughs> I mean here's where it's you know it's just complete garbage like the Thunder not having interest in Kevin Durant coming back here. Like, give me a break. Give <laughs> That's impossible. Give me a break. Like, that <laughs> is so dumb. The Thunder are not yeah. a dumb organization. No. Like, that that whole little blurb, it's just, I mean, you can just water it up and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Because I just, it's just not true. It's just not true. There's there's I no agree. chance that that's true. If they have a chance to do a sign and trade... And not even a sign and trade. Just Kevin Durant opts into his contract, or he goes to the goes to the Warriors and says, "Hey, listen, I am leaving. I will go to the Knicks, and you will get nothing. Or you can trade me to the Thunder, and you can get something. And then they get back. You, you would get you would Jeremy get Schroeder, Jeremy Grant, and a an unprotected twenty twenty five yeah first round pick. Right. And if you're the Warriors, like having Jeremy Grant and yeah is a that's a That'd be a big thing. And obviously the Thunder would do that trade in a heartbeat. So, I mean, it's just, it's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like you can, you can write it as many times as you want. Well, it's just not true. We're not it's buying still at the that. moment because again, they cannot, they cannot take steps in uh, right. each other direction, but it's, it's not true on a, in a, um, in a broad sense. Not that I say. think that Kevin Durant will be a part of the Thunder next season. Like, I think the chances of that are super low. But I'm just saying yeah. that that statement's just not true. I just don't believe yeah. that. I do think yeah. Kevin Durant will leave and he'll go somewhere else. And I do think he will consider the Thunder uh, in the summertime. But I ultimately, I don't think he will come back here. I think at some point he will probably play for the Thunder again, but not now. Um, we'll see. Speaking of trades, uh, Woj Bomb early this morning, 6 a.m. here in Oklahoma City. Uh, apparently, Anthony Davis has requested a trade. He says he will not sign the the extension with the Pelicans, uh, which is... With the Seattle Supersonic, you said. Like the franchise that will relocate tomorrow, probably, for New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, they, it's, it's sad. Depending on what they get back... Um, yeah, and I, I'm, I've maintained this for a long time. Like, I just don't like one. The Celtics can't trade for him in season because you can't have two of these mm. max rookie deals on one team. So that won't happen. Uh, and they have the best; they can offer the best or, packages. Or why that, that? Why? What? Why? If I'm Danny Ainge, I. Don't care the less about Kyrie if I can have Anthony Davis. You mean trading Kyrie? Yeah. Yeah, Kyrie, but if you're the Pelicans, like, why would you want Kyrie Irving? I I I, I don't get just Kyrie Irving. I mean, you okay? I get the Kyrie Irving to, plus assets. I like, would need Kyrie Irving, and Jason Tatum. Yeah. No, Jaden Brown, and two for some pick. I'd say no. Three for some picks. Get out of my face. Give me Jason Tatum. Uh, let's circle back in a week. <laughs> I mean, the Pelicans, are they, he's under contract throughout the summer and all of yeah. next season. 
There's, they don't they have to wait. do it. They don't have to do it now. And yeah, if I'm them, wait. I wait till the summer when you can fully negotiate with the Celtics and just say, listen, I will want Jason Tatum. And because we, we will, as a franchise, sink to the bottom of the ocean and then travel all the way to Seattle and then emerge. That's what will happen if we don't get a star back. And Jalen Brown, great player. Nice complimentary player. That's not going to help us. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, and Kyrie is leaving. Yeah, and Kyrie's gone. So yeah. he's not. he will not stay here. So, like, you're not helping me. And this is, we're talking about Anthony Davis here. And I'll turn around to the to the Lakers and say, give me every young, every guy that's under 25 right now. And they'll say, sure. He's, he's still a pile of crap. Sorry. Oh, it's oh, it's terrible. But Compared I'm just saying, I'm not saying that I would take that. I wouldn't. I think that's a terrible trade for, I think it's, it's probably worse than just getting Jalen Brown and picks back. But you can at least have that in your pocket as, listen, yeah. I've got this trade from this team, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to step up and try to get him. And, you know, a lot of people didn't pick the Thunder. Certainly I didn't for a Paul George trade. A lot of people didn't think of the Raptors as a trade destination for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. I mean, do you know who has asked? I think I love two trades for Anthony Davis. Yeah. One, I already said it on Twitter. The other one just pops out to my mind right now. The first one is, I call Mark Cuban and say, give me Luka Doncic and whatever makes the trade work. Like Dennis Smith and Wes Wes Matthews. Yeah. That, But then then what does Dallas have left, though? I don't care. They have Anthony Davis. Yeah. I just don't think Davis like, would stay in that situation. Like he's he's made it very clear that he wants to win. So you have to go to a team that has just but 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 a ton he of has no, at that point. He has absolutely no way. I mean, it's late in the season, so Dallas has has very little time to convince him. That's that's clearly something. Um, I don't know. I mean, as much as I think about it, OKC has no way to get him. Like the only way. Is because like even like Steve is a great player, but he he will not change a franchise. And no matter how many first round pick you use, it will not be enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, the Thunder have made their trades to acquire who they have, you know, yeah. and they have a really good team. And would it be awesome to add Anthony Davis to that? <laughs> sure. sure. Um, but I mean, what? I mean, if the Thunder were to do it, what would it even look like? You'd Anthony Davis makes twenty five million. You'd start with Stephen. Stephen Ferg Diallo Ferguson. Yeah, Diallo, and then you could probably give them Jeremy, and then take back some bad salary. Miritich. I don't know. That's, He's that's expiring. Decreasing. Yeah, but it's decreasing the value of the trade overall. I don't know. I mean, the only way to get Anthony Davis to trade Russell Westbrook. And I don't know that that uh, I'm sure that Presti will not do that. But I'm not even sure that, that, that Dems will do that as well. I mean, Russ is probably going to keep the franchise in New Orleans. Uh, Bells again. Um, and, uh, but... And, 
probably OKC would be a better team. Um, maybe I don't know. Uh, it's I, I I still don't know because. The way the 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 whole environment will react to a trade like that, yeah. And again, they will not trade him. So, and and you don't trade Paul George because he's been better than Anthony Davis, and you have him for three years compared to one. So, yeah. uh, there's no way OKC can get him. Uh, I wonder if somehow Philly gets to talk with with uh, uh, with New Orleans because Simmons. Yeah. Simmons is something, and you like. I know that with Embiid, <laughs> defeat is extremely awkward mm-hmm. with Andrew Davis, but Andrew Davis and Demarcus Cousins played together, and it was good enough. Now, I don't know if Philly wants to do that because that, but but they can build a trade around around Simmons. Yeah, yeah, they definitely could. I mean, that's the type of asset they want back. I mean, here's what I do if I'm if I'm New Orleans, and I said this on Down to Duck a few weeks ago. I just wait till I f- and find out who gets the number one pick. If it's the Knicks, I call New York and say, "Hey, listen, uh, give us Frank Nilkina, give us whatever cap filler that you need to give us, and give we'll give in the number one pick, and we'll give you and we'll take back Anthony Davis." And I think if you're New Orleans, I think that that's probably best case scenario. You bring in Zion, uh, and people will come to watch Zion Williamson. I mean, that's just a fact. Like, he could electrify that city um, like Anthony Davis did whenever he entered the NBA. I think that's, to me, that's the best case scenario because... That's so risky, though. uh, I think it's probably less risky than going after, like, veterans. With Ben Simmons? I don't think there's a there's a player of the caliber of Ben Simmons in in this year draft. Yeah, I mean maybe so, maybe so. I, I don't just, know. I, I mean, I'm just speculating, but um, there's no way you can do it for Jimmy Butler. So, uh, no. like, but but if you're Philly, like if you think you can have Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, and Embiid, boy, yeah. can you imagine playing against that front court? It's a monstrous team. And it's not that Ben Simmons is not tall. All is six ten. Anthony Davis six eleven. But like, once you have a team like that, you can find a point guard. There are point guards to be had in the market sure. for for cheap. So well, I just don't know if you're Philly that you want to give up the forever years of team control they have on Ben Simmons. I just don't know that you. I just don't know that you want to do that. Cause it, are they good enough? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't, think, so. I don't that. think so. They're already super. So. They're already super thin, though. You try. I mean, it's probably going to take Ben Simmons plus whatever else. Like I just, and I just don't know that I trust this Philly front office to make that Anthony Davis Joel Embiid team good, and also. Like that becomes a very volatile situation when it comes to injuries for both those guys. I mean, I don't. I just. It's a. I think it's risky for them because Ben Simmons, like he has his entire career in front of him, and I think he's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be a yeah. really great player. Uh, I I just don't know if I do that. Um, I think New Orleans. I think should do it. 
And if that's on the table, I think you do that. I think you look, you hunt for the number one pick for whoever, whoever gets it. Because if you're the Knicks, you you do that in a heartbeat. You get Anthony Davis yeah. in the fold, and you can still have Kevin Knox on the team. And then you just, and then you find ways to get off of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee's contracts and Lance yeah. Thomas if you can. And then you just say, hey, we have Kristaps Porzingis. And Anthony Davis and Kevin Knox. You know, they can I don't think you can hold on to Kevin Knox if you do a trade like that. I would want him. I'd want him too. But I think yeah. I mean and even if you trade him, like whatever. Like yeah. You have, no, you have Anthony Davis that, and Chris Epsporzingus in New York. Yeah. The point is that you can do the trade now. Um well you can do the trade at the end of the of the season or at or as soon as the the draft order comes out, and yeah. and they can still that that scenario. If Anthony Davis is smart enough to understand that if he if he goes there, uh, they can they can be like legitimately Porzingis, Anthony Davis, and Kevin Durant. Yeah, or or Kyrie, that can happen, and it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary, and it's also good for the league. I think. To see another New York team full of stars to uh, to be bad again, yeah. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it it will be really interesting. I don't know that a deal. If I'm New Orleans, I don't make a deal between now and the trade deadline unless it's just an insane, insane trade. Or like Philly offers Ben Simmons and like two unprotected first round picks. Like okay. That that's probably the best you can get. I don't know if Philly does that. Um, otherwise, I'm hanging on because you can use Boston as leverage against other teams. You can get a really nice package from that team in the offseason. Uh, and hmm. also, you figure out who has the number one pick. Because right now, if you trade for New York's pick or for... You know, whoever's pick that's at the bottom, and it ends up being three or four. Like that's. But not, what if it's not New York? It's not great. If it's not New York, yeah. Who is going to? Well, another. I don't know another team that is sneaky, like that may probably trade you today, um, because again, you have still one year left of Anthony Davis, so. If I'm Phoenix, I'm yeah. trading you Anthony Davis and whatever asset you, you they have not named Devin Booker, yeah. co- included the unprotected first round pick, maybe this season and the next. Like I have one year to convince Anthony Davis that we are good enough. So, and with Boston, it's the same. Yeah. Like, uh, to be honest, I would probably trade. Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving. I would. Yeah. I would probably do it. Because this I, I know that Jason Tatum can be a star and that Kyrie is a star. But Anthony Davis with Al Orford, uh, Gordon Award, Terrier's Year, and Jalen Brown is a great unit. Probably I named six players instead of five. Uh, playing six on five would be even better. But yeah, I mean, I... I would probably do it, especially because you don't know at the end of the season what's the value. A, you, you don't know if Kyrie is, is here to stay, and B, you don't know how better Jason Tatum will look like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's 
It's fascinating. It's going to be uh, yeah. interesting heading toward the trade deadline if, if a deal gets done. I, I have my serious doubts if a Anthony Davis trade will get done between now and I think February 7th is the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't know that I see it, but uh, it will remain interesting. Uh, everybody follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Yeah, he's got some great, always some great thoughts after Thunder Games, so make sure you're following him. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, that would mean a lot to us. It doesn't take very much time. If you have an iPhone, just click on that purple podcast app, search Down to Dunk, hit five stars, bang, you're done. Uh, so we've raised over $5,000 uh, for Ava's uh, GoFundMe. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for all the contributions. I saw people wrote little messages at the bottom uh, saying that you're from Down to Dunk, and we had people from all over the world contributing money. I mean, it was just um, overwhelming to me uh, and a really super helpful thing for their family. They've actually raised their their goal to 10,000 so I don't don't want to continue to just push and push and push you guys but if you feel led to give that's still open um, you can find that on my Twitter page uh, or if you just search Ava's Faith um, on uh, GoFundMe you can find the page so if you just feel if you feel led to give uh, just continue to do that um, uh, please pray for her and for her family they still have a, a really really long road ahead um they've had some really tough days recently um so if you could just keep them in your prayers and then give uh as you feel led to that would just be wonderful um that's probably the coolest thing that we've done as a podcast is that we can actually use our community to impact people uh that's it goes beyond basketball and winning and losing games and trades and everything i mean we're you're impacting someone's life and so that means uh so much to me um so yeah, just continue to give to them and pray for them. If if you guys would do that, that'd be wonderful. Uh, if you own a small business or if you know somebody that owns a small business that could benefit from advertising, we are looking for sponsors for Down to Dunk uh, in this new year. So if you uh, know somebody, you can email me dtdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, DM me on Twitter as well. So uh, please do that. Hope you guys have a great Monday and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. 